Party Cannon. Nice. They're like a really heavy band. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought it was either Party Cannon or Party Monster. Yeah, okay. I thought that it was like Yoshi or something. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not Yoshi. You might have seen it in a meme before, but Party Cannon um, ruin or make better any like metal band poster like <laughs> to a lineup you ever see because it's all just like white text look like branches evil and shit and then you've just got party cannon just amongst it it's fantastic <laughs> Welcome back, friends and conspiracy theorists, to the Complete Guide Tarot podcast. Today, we're talking the number 23, the 2007 film in which Jim Carrey, in a rare non-comedic role, plays Walter Sparrow, an animal control officer. Walter fails to catch a stray dog named Ned, and he's late to meet his wife, Agatha, which is a bit of a strange name. Anyway, Agatha ends up browsing a bookstore and begins reading a book titled The Number 23. I'm buying that for you, too. Actually, I've had a good long time to flip through it. Why don't you give it a try? The number 23, a heart-wrenching odyssey into paranoia, one of the most horrifying metamorphosis ever told. I'm buying this for you. Chapter one, all I could think about was the number. I met you when I was... 23. And the day we met was? September 14th. 914. 14 plus nine is? 23. Is it all just a coincidence? I don't know. I was born at 11, 12 p.m. 11 plus 12. 23. My birthday, 23. Driver's license, social security number. It's all 23. Sif, it's imitating my life. You've concerned yourself with minutia and you've drawn wild conclusions from them. The Oklahoma City bombing both happened on April 19th. You've got to get out, it's coming for you. Four plus 19 is 23. This is not who you are. The Hiroshima bomb was dropped at 8.15. Yeah. 8 plus 15 is 23. 13 years of life! No more! Don't do this to us. I killed you. You could never hurt anyone. How do you know? I first watched this movie when I was 15, and look, it was good, but having rewatched this, I felt it was kind of stupid the reason why i say so is that there were just too many plot holes for me to take the film seriously i mean the whole reveal spoiler twist or whatever you want to call it is that walter is top secrets which is also top secrets and the whole idea that he had committed murder went away to prison and then this whole 23 enigma is starting to ruin people's lives i just don't see how it can be taken seriously even if you suspend your disbelief in the film world but simultaneously, you know, in recent years, you could see the 23 Enigma as a modern day metaphor for the rise of online conspiracies, such as Pizzagate with Hillary Clinton and Obama, even QAnon with like uh, anti-vaccination conspiracy theories and stuff. But there was a really great feature. And for those who don't have the DVD or the Blu-ray, one of the special features has a mini documentary that plays on the theme of the 23 Enigma, where actress Virginia Madsen, she discusses 
the whole 23 enigma but also how it can be related to cupcakes for instance so there's a sequence where she uh, focused on cupcakes for just an entire week and she began seeing illusions and just like direct references for cupcakes everywhere so she would be walking down the street she'd see a cupcake store she'd go pick up her children from school and there's cupcakes in the classroom and even just like seeing the letters like sprawled around and whatnot i just thought it was a nice little moment that you know takes this big enigma in the film to simple reality but i was also confused why this was part of the special features because this movie does require a lot of suspension in disbelief and i don't know i thought i thought it was good but it was a bit conflicting with the whole idea of what this movie was about but look that's just my opinion <laughs> uh bp we'll start with you this time uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. Um, he's one of my favourite actors. Um, I think it's good when someone, particularly a comedian or a comedy role, such as Jim Carrey with like uh, Fumble Dick and Jane, Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, um, does a sort of more serious role. I mean, you had some, something like The Truman Show, which is really good. Um, he also did like I Love You, Philip Morris, which is a really good film as well. Um, there's a TV show called Kidding. Couldn't really get into that. It's a bit bizarre. I need to sort of spend some more time on that. Um, so this was my pick of the week. Um, and I'll probably get hated on this like a tip of rest stop because I also <laughs> realised uh, it's a bit bizarre, this movie. As you touch on Justin with that sort of documentary about the cupcakes, I think if you really put your mind to it with anything, you're going to find similarities in pretty much everyday scenarios. Like, I know I could say, like, my favourite colour is red and I'm going to see red everywhere especially in my place because it's red um so no i kind of find that thing a bit kind of yeah because i just think yeah if you set your mind to something you're gonna sort of see similarities and it's gonna be just a coincidence um as a movie goes um jim carrey does a pretty decent role in this um he is a bizarre actor because i always find even in something like sonic the hedgehog uh where he's trying to sort of be that boss role it always feels like he wants to sort of jump out and sort of get into his sort of crazy wacky moods as he does sort of like especially in like liar liar or something so i find this movie is quite tame but i can sort of feel like he's itching to kind of um just be that bizarre jim carrey as he is uh the movie itself <laughs> it's decent viewing again this is going to be another 1408 i don't think i'll probably watch this one again for a long time watching it again um i was kind of kind of with you justin i had had a lot of difficulty taking it really seriously um something that that grinded my gears a lot with this movie was the um every time he's reading the book and it turns into have you either of you ever played the game max Payne? nope <laughs> is that the cover with like he's got the short spiky hair or something yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it's kind of like neo-noir sort of comic book type shit and it's uh, okay. it was very much like the scenes where he's visualizing what's happening in the book yeah and like and then and he says something and then he goes i knew i should have left at that moment and it's just yeah. kind of like uh it was just kind of really hard to sit through and take mm. it seriously mm -hmm. um and then it kind of starts bleeding into the movie when he's like drawing the uh the seeing the similarities between his life and the book and then all of a sudden he's narrating it um funnily enough i love peep show but um there's some that's something that's really hard to do is a character narrating themselves and mm -hmm. i feel like um that can really take 
the viewer out of it and i feel like that's sort of what happened with this movie um in a lot of ways mm. uh the plot is um it kind of rests on the laurels of you of hoping the audience isn't paying that much attention um because as justin said there's a lot of sort of like plot holes and shit and uh, i kind of feel like a lot of characters would have ha- having to be looking away and not paying much attention to work out the fact that he had this big horrible past and all this kind of shit mm. um so i feel like it's all incredibly convenient um so i just kind of it was hard to sort of get into it uh, suspend my disbelief with this movie and and kind of be taken along for the ride when watching this again because it just it, a lot of the plot lines and everything were kind of a little bit flimsy mm. um there is still some really good acting in this jim carrey does a really good job at sort of playing a more serious role i mean we all know he's a really good actor um so he's probably going to knock out knock anything out of the park that he sort of sets his mind to um and he does do a good job in the movie so it's not you're not at any point like oh this sucks um because you've still got like there's still really good talent on the screen to to watch and sort of guide you through it Mm. um but as far as the story goes plot line um it's not uh it's kind of hard to get super into i found yeah yep when you see the professor or psychologist whatever character he plays like going crazy and he seems more intense than Jim Carrey's character like he's riding on his arms and he's riding all over the walls and shit and it's like wow that was a very psychotic uh mm. breakdown which I didn't expect I guess my favorite part of the movie which is also probably gonna be it's gonna be a negative later on is I did like the little sequences as we talked about earlier um uh I think one of the opening sequences uh with Jim Carrey like narrating was the sex scene he had with uh what's her name the woman's uh, yes yeah yeah i like that i think like the music in that the sort of the the production the sort of the, the graphics of it was quite nice and i also appreciated the hanging scene not exactly the hanging itself but where yeah. they were having that sort of conversation it was all pretty much like white and whatnot and then he sort of walks down the stairs and then she jumps out there jim carrey does like a really good job in this and he's the saving grace i mean if he wasn't in the movie as a star I don't know. I, I don't know who else could have done this movie that would have pulled it off, but I think he, he saves it to a point, but with a sort of a, a plot that's like got plot holes and then like a script that's not the best, he can only do so much, unfortunately. Although it is, uh, it's basically the same point as, as Byron's. Those those sequences, they look good within like on their own, but it is just completely disconnected from the movie. Um, but there are some visually um, good looking parts particularly in those sequences that are filmed really well and and, and a kind of i guess comic booky or kind of noir or whatever the mm. term noir i never know the right terms for this kind of shit um but it does look very good in those parts um and they're very entertaining to watch um those sequences as he is reading the book despite the fact that the narration's a little douchey mm. funnily enough i don't actually hate the sequences uh reason being that I felt, it, to me, anything that's an original idea, even if it's executed poorly, I will give it points for trying something new, trying to go outside the box. For me, I mean, I know I said that plenty of least favorite parts, but it all ties into one thing, which is just the plot hole nature of this script. Mm. But that's not something I can fault the actors for. It's not something I can fault the editors for. Or actually, potentially, if there were any deleted scenes, I may have given more credibility to some of the more towards the end of this movie but yeah the big plot hole for me is the fact that a 23 enigma isn't a real thing but also the fact that you know 
we're led to believe that he was this person and like in no stage during his marriage with Virginia Madsen's character or anything was it ever brought up it was just hey I left this psychiatric facility and I met you now we're married yay I just thought are you mm. fucking kidding like I literally yelled out I'll fuck off <laughs> so I'm mm. impressed <laughs> but I just didn't really yeah enjoy the sequences so when they're sort of coming in and coming out and then the narrating around it i'm like oh okay and then they're kind of rehashing it at the end and showing like this one scene where he's having sex in the forest with the woman at the start in the sequence and then they go back to it at the end and it's not the sequence it's kind of like just original filming at that point and they're kind of like rehashing over everything and i kind of thought we've already seen this though um like saw when they do the recap at the end yeah and then yeah it literally just happened then and i was like oh i forgot i forgot about that sorry um, <laughs> thank you um yeah but as i said the script i found the yeah, script the script is weak there are plot holes in it um i just ended up saying the film fumbles over itself there's not much it can do unfortunately um as much as jim carrey tries to save it um yeah it Again, it has like a low replay value. I don't think I'll watch this again for another five, ten years. Um, and I don't think it's bad for like Jim Carrey's career. I think it's good that he went and did something different because I had a look the same year he had fun with Dick and Jane come out, and huh. then up and then after that was Yes Man. That was sort of like the next sort of comedy, and then he sort of went on hiatus really since Sonic. Mm. Um, so he hasn't really had many sort of films in this last period of sort of 2007 onwards. There hasn't really been a lot coming out for Jim Carrey. So I think he's at that point where he's done enough. He can do whatever and people still respect him. So I respect him for this film, but I just, it's not his fault. I just don't think it's that great, unfortunately. Complete side note, I can't believe I forgot about this even while doing the script for this episode. When I was in Los Angeles eight years ago for the first time, I actually watched Jim Carrey shave off someone's head as part of a stunt for, it was either Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, one of the white Jimmys of the late night circuit. And I remember being so excited because I was like, holy shit, I'm, like Jim Carrey is like 10 meters away from me. Mm. Like I'm seeing this person in real life. And in person, like during that stunt or whatever, it was the typical like late 90s Jim Carrey with the whole wow like that whole comedic over the topness and I thought it was so cool but then when I know the exact uh what do you call it interview that you're talking about BP where he's just so serious and to me they're two completely different people I don't know if he went through something traumatic or maybe he's just sick of Hollywood as he gets older but mm. I don't know I wonder if we'll see like a Jim Carrey renaissance well, I know like after Sonic 2, he pretty much just sort of said he wants to quit acting. And I think they're, because Sonic 3 is meant to be coming out and they don't know, I think they're going to proceed with develop, developing it. And they said like, if he doesn't come back, then like we'll write him out, which I think is pretty good. They're not actually going to just replace him with someone else. Yeah. So that's, that's good on Paramount being good in that part. Whereas like if it was Disney, then they would find some way to stuff it up and make it a failure. <laughs> As still seen. put him in it. It would just be a CGI face. Yeah. It'd be like scary movie. Um, uh, Scream 6, uh, Scream 5, mm. sorry. With, um, what's his face? <laughs> yeah, Terminator Salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think... Yeah, as you said, Justin, he's just kind of gone through a weird period. I think he's just kind of mellowed out. And from what I read, uh, like online about him, he also likes to paint now in his own time. So that's kind of like a thing, like a hobby. So I think he's just kind of over filming and whatever. Just before I forget, uh, Coop, did you have any least favorite parts of the number 23? 
Uh, I feel like I've already touched on most of them, um, but I guess yeah, just in general, like the plot is sort of really the main issue with this this movie. Mm. Um, there's not really a lot of consistency if you properly pay well, like paying attention to the movie that you're watching, and it's just kind of like like I said, it's all in- incredibly convenient. Um, Jim Carrey does it as best he can within the role, but um, it's just it's just not a well written movie, and it's not they didn't really pull it off in my eyes. There's actually a lot of 23 associated things with this movie. Um, and he got paid $23 million, Jim Carrey. Hmm. $23 million. Yep. It says $23 million exactly. It's the 23rd project the director, Joel Schumacher, has done. Contains 23 chapters. Um, what else? Um, I, think it, I think the release date adds up to 23 somehow. The DVD length 23. What else? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Premiere dates were all on the 23rd of March or the 23rd of July. Yeah, it's interesting that they actually went all out. I thought most of these movies kind of, when they try and do this, they fumble on that side. They kind of like do the movie, but then like if they're trying to like make it serious, then they'll fumble on everything else, the logistics side of it. So it's interesting they actually have gone to the extent here and actually made everything pretty much concise with 23. Yeah. Hmm. Seems like uh, paying Jim Carrey was a majority of their budget if he got paid twenty three million because this had a thirty million dollar budget. It's not bad, seven million, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no one else. Really I mean, I mean look, they did pretty well with seven million. If that's if that's really what they were working with, apart from Carrey's fee. Seven million. Mm. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I know it's crazy when you think of that number twenty three, and it made seventy seven mil. Mm. 77.6 does 7 7 and 6 add up to 23 i'm bad at math uh oh. no, 20 trying no. to think the way yeah. to like divide the numbers countdown style no but it's probably like 77.62 or three <laughs> 77.63 just to yeah. make it work yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll probably tell like the movie companies they're like no 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 more screenings can we just stop like just no just yeah, right there stop. We've, we've, we've hit it we've hit <laughs> it that's perfect we'll we'll reimburse them with like i know horton here's a who i don't know <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be more movies about uh i guess obs- obsession or like looking for looking for something and always finding it, mm-hmm. um, and and it's, that's especially prevalent now in a post-COVID world where, um, you know, everyone's sort of spent a year just sitting at home on the internet. What has that actually done to people as mm-hmm. far as sort of what they've focused on? Um, so I've I've always liked movies where it's generally about someone going into depths of depravity with obsession about something. Whether in this case it's the you know the number twenty-three, um, but I think that as a concept is a really good idea um but it's just um it didn't particularly work with this one if if we need better um well not example but just like better source material of something to be obsessed over and you could do a lot with it i feel Mm. don't even know what other movies to be honest have sort of done this recently that i can think of i don't know if you guys can think of anything that's sort of pushed on this idea and if it's done a better job i just bug have you seen that bug Mm. It's called Bug. Um, so basically, it's um, just uh, say Bug's Life. Two, <laughs> yeah, not a Bug's Life, um, <laughs> but it's it's um, two people. They're like um, shacked up together in a hotel room. Yeah. He's con- he's convinced that there's bugs crawling under his skin. Uh, there okay. there isn't, but it just goes from there, and they basically just kind of descend into mutual psychosis. Okay. So, and that does a good job, does it? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's really kind of, well, yeah. It's a quite underseen movie as well. Like, I remember seeing the trailer for it way, way back in 2006 and thinking, oh, this is an interesting movie, but never actually bothered to watch it till I think I was 23. Mm. No. Ooh. No. <laughs> 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 Now I'm gonna be like riding 23 on our walls and stuff. No, but uh, <laughs> with a uh, bug, I feel like it's a movie you would appreciate more as a like mid to late 20s and above. Whereas I think if I watched it when I was 14 or 15, I would have been like, uh, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know, when I was 14 or 15, it was always about haunted houses and yeah. violent destination, not necessarily psychological horror. Mm. Yeah, definitely a good one to check out. BP and Coop, thank you both very much for joining me again. Thank you, thank you. Pleasure as always. Listeners, in our next episode, we analyze Event Horizon, the 1997 sci-fi horror directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and starring Lawrence Fishburne from The Matrix, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, never heard of her, and Jolly Richardson, also never heard of him. Oh my god. He knows my secrets. <laughs> he knows my fears. Vacate, I want off this ship. I can't leave. She won't let you. Like, comment, share, tip, yada, yada, yada. And if you hated this episode... Fucking liar! (laughs) I'm so fresh, man. Man, y'all scared to do it how I do it. Gotta check me, I back it up, cause I don't give a fuck.